When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white. Nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Previously in Series 3, Episode 3, a group of creatures, Pepper, Iki, and Joe, experienced the wonders of the coral reef while traveling into the town of the clan people. The clan king welcomes them and announces that he has the lost dog. After suffering a long-winded lecture on environmental issues, they notice that the king is a vain pain. Something isn't right. Has he been spellbound? Suddenly the ocean becomes rough, and the ocean floor starts to shake. Joe finds herself separated from her friends. They have been swallowed up. Joe was feeling desperate. All her friends had disappeared, and she couldn't find her aunt or the king. She thought for a while. It would be difficult to climb into the cavern without help. Joe hoped that everybody was unscathed. They had taken a terrible fall. Sitting at the bottom of the ocean, she tried to think of a brilliant plan when a large stingray drifted past her. That's it! If I could catch a ride with the stingray, we would be able to glide into the cavern and look for everyone. She approached the stingray with extreme caution, as they were known to be unpredictable. The stingray agreed to help, and she climbed onto his back, carefully hanging on for her life. As they descended into the large cavern, the ocean became cold, dark, and unhospitable. Joe began to shiver. The cold water gave her a blue tinge. Her lips turned purple and her heart pounded in her chest. Seaweed became thick and twisted itself around the stingray, pulling them down and causing panic. She was about to scream out when there was a flash and the seaweed burst apart, freeing them. Looking around, wondering what had happened, they noticed hundreds of skulls floating upside down and bones of all description were dangling, throwing menacing shadows on the sides of the watery cavern. The journey seemed to go on forever and the cold was starting to make Joe feel unwell. If she didn't find them soon, she would have to travel back as she would be in danger of hypothermia. 
Joe thought about what she had just seen. Where had the flash come from? How had the seaweed been blasted apart, enabling them to escape? This journey was turning into a real live mystery, and Joe was thrilled at the idea of becoming a detective. As they reached the bottom of the cavern, she noticed there was furniture hanging upside down. Chairs, tables, lamps, beds, everything one would need to set up house. A bright light shone illuminating the cavern, and a beautiful sea lady came towards Joe. She was blue in colour, with golden highlights in her auburn hair. Her eyes were green and her face was serene, angel-like with beautiful ruby lips. Who are you? Where am I? Don't be scared. I'm the Princess of the Pearl, and this is my kingdom. You've managed to stumble into lost furniture, most of which is from the people above the water. They pollute the waterways with their rubbish, and it often ends up in the ocean, eventually being sucked to the bottom. Some is from shipwrecks of the past. The bones you saw were from sailors who have perished at sea, and I watch over them. Why have you come into my kingdom? We don't get many visitors, as it's too cold down here. You don't look too well. I think you better come into my palace where I can warm you up. She followed the sea lady and together they entered the palace. Inside the palace, blowfish were heating up the rooms by blowing warm air out of their mouths, and brightly coloured fish stood in each corner giving off light. Their bodies shimmering with iridescent lights filled the palace rooms with a warm glow. Dazzled by such brilliance, Joe looked around astounded by the beauty of the underwater palace. The princess gestured for Joe to come and sit down beside her. Seaweed tea was served, and the princess asked Joe so many questions that Joe was having trouble answering each one. After a while, it was Joe's turn to ask questions. And the first one was, of course, about what had happened on the ocean floor. I've lost all of my friends and the king of the clan people. Have you seen them? They fell into the cavern that leads into your kingdom when there was an earth tremor. And I'm worried about their welfare. Did you say there was a king? Can you tell me what he's like? Well, he's sort of handsome and he loves shiny things that you can look into. Personally... I think he needs a wife, but he seems to have many female admirers. The princess listened and was obviously rather keen to meet him. She continued with heaps of questions, all relating to the king. Joe had warmed up and, after a feed, she was shown a beautiful oyster room. The room was shiny. Joe thought the king would fit right in if he married the princess. He could look at his reflection all day. The bed was a small clamshell with pink pillows and covers. The wash basin was a green and pink striped shell, and the soap was made out of seaweed. Something seemed familiar, as if she had been in this situation before. A beautiful room, wash basin and soap. Something started to jog her memory, but what was it? I feel that I've been in this situation before somewhere else, but I just can't put my finger on it. It was now evening, and the ocean was calm and dark. Sea creatures floated past the window, 
and Joe yawned as the tiredness overcame her. Snuggling under the beautiful pink covers, she was lulled into a peaceful sleep by the shushing of the water against the underwater palace. The lights were out, the sea gently flowing, and the day was done. In the morning, there appeared to be some excitement outside the palace. Sea creatures were gathering, and all that could be heard was the buzzing of voices. Jo sprang out of her oyster bed and ran into the underwater garden. To her delight, she saw all of her friends and a very cranky eeky. All the fish swam around her head, teasing her and laughing at the little Slurpet Downs. This made her even angrier and Slurpet Downs cranky. Jo smiled. Her friends were okay and Eeky hadn't changed one little bit. Look over here, you little Slurpet-Down scoundrel. And be pleasant to our new friends. Oh, Joe, I thought you were gone forever. Why did you disappear? I didn't disappear. You did, you silly thing. You fell down a huge cabin when we had an earth tremor. Don't you remember? No, I didn't. You were just saying that to get out of trouble. You disappeared and don't do it again. There was no point in arguing. For some reason, none of the creatures remembered the incident. Joe just put it down to shock and decided to move on. Hopefully in time they would all remember. It was just easier to go along with them. I'm starving. Haven't eaten since the king gave us a huge banquet. Let's get something to eat. By the way... What is this place? And do they have good tucker? Stop thinking about your stomach for once. We have a problem. Aunt Pepper and the King are missing. Not to mention Band-Aid. We better get a wriggle on and find them. It's about time we went home. Mum and Geoffrey must be worried as to where we are. And we need to get the damn medicine from the Clam King to take back and heal all the sick fish in the Corkupper Ripple Creek. Hold on to your panties and stop bossing me around. First thing first, what makes you think Peppy is missing? Well, after the huge disruption on the bottom of the ocean floor, I looked for her and she was gone. She just disappeared and has not been seen since. She's probably on a date with that dopey smelly king. You know how much she likes him. Icky, how many times do I have to remind you that she doesn't like the king? It's a spell, remember? Loosen up, Joe. Do you think I'm so stupid that I don't understand that? Let me tell you a joke to brighten you up and calm you down. Let's see. What do you call a baby whale? It's a very good fishy type of joke. For a start, whales are mammals, and I don't have a clue. I'm trying to cheer you up, so give it a good try, okay? Let me see. What do you call a baby whale? I guess it would be a little squirt. Is that right? How did you know the answer? You have spoiled it. And it's not fair. Trust a smelly girl. Save it, Eeky. We need to visit the Princess of the Pearl before we can go and look for Aunt Pepper. So so come on, Eeky, and stop cracking it. Princess of the what? How ridiculous. Don't tell me we have to put up with another fruitcake royal pain in the butt, do we? She is not a pain in the butt. 
And she is interested in the king. Maybe she is his true love. If we find the king, they may fall in love and Aunt Pepper will come out of the trance and we can go home. So stop mucking around and let's go. Fed up with smelly girls telling me off. Always have a plan that I have to deal with. Wish I was home with my mum. The pair went into the throne room of the palace. There, the princess was sitting, reading the underwater newspaper, the Coral News. Excuse me, Your Majesty. I have a dear friend for you to meet. She was lost, but now she has been found. That's one way of putting it, but I already know. It's in print. Look. Joe was astonished because the newspaper had a report about the earth tremor and about all the lost friends. Pity your aunt and the king are missing. Really would like to set my eyes on that fellow. I guess it would be my royal duty to organize a search party, but first, we must take tea. She waved her hand and gestured to a scallop to fetch refreshments. With the blink of an eye, the table was laden with fishy types of treats. Iki dashed towards the table. Nobody was going to stop her from digging in, and she was starving. Iki, where are your manners? You just don't die for the table. That's rude. Oh, bite your bum, it's not rude. She said the food was for us. And I am us, okay? That's not proper English. How about talking properly and being a little more pleasant? For heaven's sake, I am talking Australian and that's a slurper down fact. So just dig in and feed your smelly girl face. The princess looked at the odd pair and began to laugh. She was delighted with having visitors. The strange friends were entertaining her and she was having a wonderful time listening to their banter. <laughs> you do know that we could encounter a very difficult time locating your aunt and the king. The ocean is full of secret cities and creatures that would love to eat us for dinner. I've decided to gather up my army of crabs to help us on our search. They know every inch of the ocean and have a special sense when something is going to change at the bottom of the sea. If there is going to be another earth tremor, they will know well before we do and will be able to let us know. The king probably has taken your aunt to a safe place. I don't think they will be wandering around. It's much too dangerous. We have a problem with an evil enemy. He's called Vestus the Viper Squid. Vestus has a very bad temperament. He wants to take over my kingdom and will try to cause havoc and destruction. If anything has happened to your aunt, you bet that Vestus is behind it with his black squid army. We must be careful not to give away our position when we are searching. We should always have our eyes open and not let down our guard. I think I have eaten too quickly. My Slurpadown's tummy is sort of bobbling and I feel a little sick. The trouble is, I don't know what I just ate. Do you think I might have an allergic reaction to shellfish? And that will make me turn into a sea creature? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, stop inventing more problems. I've just about had enough for one day. I'm so worried about Band-Aid and my aunt that your stomach is at the bottom of the pile. If you don't shut up for two minutes, I am going to strangle you. Do you get it? Iki had not seen Joe in such a bad mood and quickly became quiet. 
As they stood in the banquet room, a puzzling shadow began to cover the room. Shadows hauntingly chilling everybody's senses. Look out and run for your lives. The Black Squid Army is approaching the palace. Everybody, follow me into the cellar and be quick about it. If they catch us, goodness knows what will happen to us. Panic struck the group and all dashed after the princess. Gulp of waters and slurp it downs with food in hand, raced downward into the cold cellar as the princess locked the huge wooden door behind them. There was silence. Nobody dared make a noise. Even Iki stopped complaining and sat next to Joe, trembling with fear. There was a banging and a thumping above, and everybody held their breath. Why is it that every time we go somewhere, something happens? All because your stupid dog got himself lost under the water. It's just typical of what I have to put up with. And the fact that your aunt fell in love with a stupid smelly king is just the icing on the damn cake. Now we will be eaten for dinner. And I bet they will spit out our bones and make jewellery with them. I don't want my arm bone through some sea creature's ear as an earring. How long do you think we will have to hide down here? getting awfully cold and Iki is starting to break out in red blotches and bumps. It's okay. It really isn't serious. Sometimes if the seaweed is not ripe, we get that kind of reaction. It will go down in a day or two and cause no more problems. It will probably itch a bit, though. If we could get out of here, I could gather up some sponge ointment and that would help clear up the problem. We will have to wait it out until it is safe to go upstairs. Joe watched as Iki began to scratch. She looked like a dog with fleas and her temperament was not exactly pleasant. Everything happens to me. Nobody else, just me. And that's a slurp it downs fact. The other gulp of waters and slurp it downs thought it funny that Iki was in such a predicament and proceeded to tell her a joke. What do you give a pig with a red rash? Iki looked across at the creature and said in a flat, miserable tone, What? You give the pig ointment. (laughs) And that is what you are, a pig for eating all the weird seafood. Stop complaining because it's your own fault. I've heard that joke before and it wasn't funny then. I think it was at Joe's birthday. Yes, it was a snorting good time except for that stupid, smelly joke. If you need to tell a joke, try very hard and make it a new one. Otherwise, I'm not interested. I guess Gopal Waters aren't smart enough to think of new jokes like Slap Downs. Well, if you knew it, why did you say what instead of I already know? Shh! Be quiet, everybody. You don't want to be caught with the squids, do you? The princess shook her head. She had never in all her life seen such a commotion before. Iki was always causing some kind of disruption, and Joe was starting to get fed up with all of the tantrums. The situation was quite dim. They just had to get out of this mess. It wasn't long before the signal that all was clear was called out by one of the crab scouts. Oh, thank goodness for that. I don't know how long I was going to be able to put up with being cooped up down there. I'm itchy and the rash just isn't going at all. Joe, maybe now the princess will give me something to ease the pain. Joe looked at Iki. The rash was definitely getting worse. 
Iki started farting as her body was out of whack and she was blowing bubbles out of her behind. Everybody stared in disgust and held their noses. Oh, for goodness sake, Iki. You are driving us all crazy with all of your wind. You're leaving a trail of bubbles as you go. Come to think of it, you're looking rather fishy and pale. Maybe the wind will go away in a little while. It's probably all the seafood you ate and all the seaweed bubble drink you drank. Iki's eyes started to swell and her nose started to shrink. Her beak started to turn almost into a human nose. Next thing, her first started to fall off and she started to turn fishy blue. Her legs were almost human fish person-like and she had lost her tail. Iki was humiliated and tried to hide her body with some seaweed. Oh gosh, Iki, you are turning into a pearl person. We must not panic. Just find a solution. Not panic? What are you talking about? I'm turning into a freaky ocean creature and losing my good looks. The stupid princess said I would be okay. She was telling us a lot of sea rubbish. What is my mum going to do if I can't go home and live out of the water? Mum will have to get a fish tank in my bedroom so I can live in the village. This is all your fault because you wanted to help the smelly king. Oh, I am so sorry, Iki. Looks like I've really messed things up. Don't worry, there must be something that can fix you up. Look on the bright side of things. You are experiencing something nobody else from the land above has. And you may be famous for all your trouble. You could write a story on the adventures of Iki the Sea Creature. I don't know where you get all of this stuff, Joe. Must be that dumb imagination everybody talks about. Get me back to a slurped down's ASAP. I'm not even going to say please, seeing as it's all your fault. Well, when it really comes down to it, I didn't tell you to pick out on food you didn't even know. It's really all your slurped down's fault. Now it's up to me to fix it. If you really want to know, it's not all that fair. What else was I supposed to eat down here? After all, I was being my pleasant slurped down self. And that meant I was also polite and a good guest. Oh, goodness, Iki. When have you ever been pleasant? I will ask the princess if she can sort all this out. Surely there is something we can give you to turn you back into the unpleasant slurp-it-downs we all know and love. Unpleasant? You are talking about someone else. I am the most slurp-it-downs pleasant you would ever know. Joe rolled her eyes. Arguing with Iki was not the thing to do. Anyway, it wasn't getting things done. Everybody was waiting for a plan to find Pepper and Band-Aid. Joe approached the princess who was staring out of the window, looking for any signs of the squid army. When the princess turned around and saw Iki, she nearly fainted. Oh gosh, I've heard of this kind of thing happening, but that was only written about in fairy tales. Looks like it really can happen. The only solution is to unfortunately get help from the box jellyfish queen. She's a rather curious person, and I cannot guarantee your safety if you go seeking her. The journey will be dangerous, and remember, we still have to deal with the squid army. Aki will have to stay as a sea creature for a little while longer. Your Aunt Pepper, the dog, 
and of course the king, must be found. Looks like the coast is clear, and we need to start the search as soon as possible. My guards will lead us through the seaweed. That way, we have cover from any predators and should be safe. The creatures gathered up supplies to head out of the underwater kingdom. All of a sudden, quite oddly, the Princess of the Pearls stopped in her tracks. Think we will have tea first. Yes, that would be a better idea. Gives me time to think about it all. No point in jumping in and finding ourselves in heaps of danger without an escape plan. Quite tricky, this situation, I think. Joe could not believe her ears. More tea? It's about time they actually went and did something. Looks like finding the box jellyfish queen had been put on hold. Eki didn't even make a sound. Well, except for gulping and swishing. When I was a little girl. You have just been listening to the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-P-E-A-S-E.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of the mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy, and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulp of Waters fact. This has been a Corky's Group Production 2023. All rights are reserved. Thanks for stopping by. See you soon.